Hello and welcome to the Alcohol Recovery Show, where we discuss practical, actionable steps for anyone who wants to achieve their dream of getting and staying well, happy and free from any form of alcohol dependence. When you've been drinking, perhaps drinking a lot, trying to stop can feel like making your way through a minefield. Your goal is to get to the other side of the field with your life and limbs intact. You can see the horizon, but getting past those mines hidden beneath the earth is a treacherous undertaking. Early sobriety can feel like that. Your intention each morning might be to get to bedtime without a drink, but you just don't know when you might step on something that will blow up in your face. It's significant that the word trigger is used to describe occurrences that push you towards a drink. The language is that of a battle. It can feel like we are at war with the substance that is occupying the private territory of our thoughts, feelings, in such an intrusive way. Well-meaning friends and family might assure us that we can fight this or that we can overcome it. Now, I'm no military strategist, but I can see the difference between an upfront battle and the need to carefully pick my way through a minefield. All the gung-ho confidence needed for a fight isn't going to help me make my way past those obscured bombs. When I look out across the minefield, my heart might sink as I realise a simple step could mean obliteration. Aggressive confidence is not going to be sufficient. In the early days of stopping drinking, you'll be all fired up by good intentions to fight this substance. You might throw yourself into work, family commitments, self-help, therapy or fitness regime with 100% commitment. Your mantra might be to keep pushing through. The more sober days you have behind you, the easier it will get. Until it doesn't. Boom! You've been getting through your day and out of the blue something blows up and you take a drink. That something could be as innocent as a random thought or a life-changing event, such as a serious accident or an unexpected close bereavement. We can have the best intentions for our life, but life does still just happen. Being all fired up for the fight hasn't helped avoid stepping on that mine and suffering the impact. So life can seem like that minefield. People, events, associations of certain places or objects, and our own thoughts and emotions are the mines. People can knock us off balance. A sudden memory can ignite a desire for a drink. These so-called triggers are all over the place. To make matters worse, we just never know when they're going to pop up and potentially destroy our goals to be alcohol-free. This can sound daunting. Approaching a minefield is daunting. But what can you do about it? Consider these two scenarios. Scene 1. You are at the edge of the minefield. You have no other option but to walk across it. You have no idea where the mines are. You face the prospect of unknowingly stepping onto a mine and it blowing up in your face. How are you feeling? What do you reckon are your prospects? 
Now consider an alternative scene. You're at the edge of that minefield, but this time you have a map in your hands. The map is a plan of the field with X's marked on it to indicate where the mines are. It has clear arrows to indicate the safest way through. As you move along the path laid out in the plan, you know where the mines are to your left and to your right. You are aware of which direction to turn to avoid putting a foot on a hidden bomb. Which scene would you rather be in? I know which one I would choose. Of course in life, we never know when that random thought of a drink will occur. We cannot predict unfortunate events such as accidents or losses. But what we can do is have a plan. Like having a map of the minefield, having a plan can help us feel prepared, safe and give us a clear sense of direction. Over the years, I've met and got to know many people who want to stop drinking. I've known lots of people who've done this successfully. I've met others who have really struggled. Sadly, I've also known some people who've had their struggles end badly due to poor health or a devastating accident as a result of heavy drinking. So using the analogy of a minefield, it's not really being overdramatic. It can be a case of life or death. So what was the difference between the people who could stop and stay stopped and the people who slipped and tripped and just couldn't put some sober time together? It was having a plan. That's one key difference. It might have different labels. I'm not going to debate the nuances of the definitions of a plan, a programme, a system, a blueprint and so on. What I'm getting at is this, that having some method worked out in advance for achieving an objective helps. If your objective is to get and stay alcohol free, you need to work out what your method will be. Many people give up drinking and carry on with their lives exactly as they were before making this decision. Nothing changes. Everything is exactly the same minus the drink. They do this and they wonder why it feels difficult. They don't want to be in recovery. That sounds boring and weird and I get that. Not everyone needs to sign up for rehab or get therapy. If you've been drinking one or two glasses of wine more than you want a few times a week, getting a recovery programme seems a bit heavy and it probably is. I'm not trying to talk you into a formal programme of recovery. I'm just saying to be successful at achieving freedom from any form of alcohol dependence, that having a plan will help. Designing and following a plan could make the difference between success and dismal failure. Joelle was a woman that I spoke to when I was researching for my book, The Alcohol-Free Woman. She shared her experiences with me. Joelle is a single mum in her 30s. She's got a happy-go-lucky sort of personality and she always seems to be cheerful. Her 10-year-old son is polite, academic and enjoys the support of an extended family that includes his dad and his dad's second wife. There's not much to complain about in Joelle's life. She works part-time as a real estate agent and her chatty, exuberant personality helps clinch sales. The only shadow on an otherwise sunny existence 
was Joelle's heavy drinking. Being a down-to-earth lady, Joelle decided to stop. She could see that her nightly drinks with the girls, Saturday's boozy lunches, family pub lunches on Sundays, and the odd cheeky Prosecco to celebrate a sale at work were all adding up. The routine drinking was affecting Joelle's looks, her energy levels, and she felt that she was being a poor example to her son. But it's not like she was an alcoholic or anything, she just needed to put the cork in the bottle. It would be no problem to stop, Joelle thought, until it was. The problem was, Joelle carried on her usual routines and lifestyle in the same way, just minus the alcohol. And lots of people do this. They reckon they haven't got a serious issue with alcohol and they just need to cut it out. They get on with their lives. What's the problem with that? For many people, there might be no problem at all. But I'm guessing that if you're listening to this, giving up the hold alcohol has on your life might have been trickier than you thought. That's why you need a plan. Let's go back to Joelle's experiences to explore this further. Joelle realised stopping drinking was not going to be as cut and dry as she expected it to be when she began to have sudden random cravings. This seemed to come out of the blue. Once a thought of a drunk got into her head, it would go round and round compulsively. It felt like a distracting, infuriating itch that could only be relieved by a drink. Those bottles of Prosecco at work on standby to celebrate a sale seemed to catch her eye much more than they usually did. She realised she had the opportunity to drink at work if she wanted to and she thought, why not? That thought kept coming into her head. Just one won't hurt, she thought. Once this thought took root, it was hard to let it go. Another realisation that Joelle had was that at the end of the day, she had really depended on a drink or two to help her to relax. When she got home in the late afternoon, resisting the temptation to open a bottle took all her willpower. Joelle is a very determined character. She gritted her teeth and fought off the urge to drink for a few nights. She reasoned it would get easier. After a few days, Joelle's son, usually a respectful and even-tempered boy, suddenly turned on her with an angry, hurt expression, asking, Why do you have to be like this? Just have your wine and stop taking it out on me. This really shocked Joelle. It made her realise that her cheerful personality was being eroded by her unfulfilled cravings for a drink. At this point, Joelle could have just caved in, and many people do. They think that life is just too hard without a drink. Maybe they don't like their personality. They might be quieter or crankier than they expected they would be when they were sober. Alcohol numbs us and makes things fuzzy. When we stop drinking, life comes back into sharp focus. This can be a shock to begin with. If we're not used to all this full-on awareness, we might notice the beautiful flowers and hear the bird song, but we also become aware of our untidy house our dirty car and the unpaid bills. But awareness is a good thing. It's the catalyst of change. But when we pivot in this place of indecision, 
having a drink, don't have a drink. Choosing to stick to the alcohol-free goal is the key to that open door of opportunity. Taking a drink is like locking up shop and settling down for more of the same. So what makes the difference? How can the goal of being alcohol-free be made easier? You know where this is going now. Yes, having a plan. But what should your plan consist of? Well, the first point is to realise that you need to have a plan. That's why I've taken the time today to expound on why having a plan is so crucial. It can be easy to say, but perhaps not so easy to totally accept it and do it. In the next episode on the Alcohol Recovery Show, I'm going to talk more about what your plan could consist of. I've prepared a handy memory aid for you to help bring to mind your plan on a daily basis. And I'll talk about that next. I also explain this in detail in my book, The Alcohol-Free Woman. Of course, there's many points in the book that relate to both men and women. So check it out if you're interested. But that's all for today. Thank you so much for staying with me this far and for listening. And I look forward to talking to you next time. Bye.